Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm so glad to be back with you again today. I hope things are good in your world and you're choosing life, choosing to walk with God, choosing to give God your best. Uh, That's a daily choice, isn't it? Hey, I've been talking about how the Holy Spirit works in us in a fresh way in these days. We really, really need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we need Him um, just to coach us and help us as we go into these really strange days that we're living in. So that's what I'm addressing, and I'm really talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. Let me start again with what I've started with several for several podcasts now, where Jesus said in John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. I really like that. So we've been talking about, again, 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. We've covered five. Number one, the Holy Spirit creates a unity in the body of Christ. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to be like Jesus. Number three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness or of right standing with God. Number four, the Holy Spirit seeks to keep us pure And then number five, the Holy Spirit will lead us away from the harmful effects of our culture. And today, I won't get through with this one today, but we're going to go into it. This is really an important one. The Holy Spirit, number six, the Holy Spirit will give us a sense of belonging with the Father. That is really important. You know, we have to know that God deeply loves us if we want to get close to Him. If you have any idea that, you know, He... uh, Loves you because he has to, not because he wants to. It'll it'll hinder uh, close, intimate fellowship with the Lord. Galatians 4, 6, New Living Translation says this, And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15 and 16, English Standard Version. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is a term of endearment to God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 6 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. And verse 6 is so good, to the praise of his, the glory of his grace. And this last phrase, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. To be accepted by God is one of the most endearing experiences you can ever have 
in life. And, you know, we live in a nation right now that is broken. We have broken family relationships. Probably half of us or so come from broken homes. That is, there is divorce or there's or there's uh, single-parent families, et cetera, maybe even more than that now. I need to go look at the percentages. Again, it's so, and, and you know, with broken homes come broken lives. And so, you know, we get our sense of who we are, how we feel about ourselves from our family unit. And I want to talk about that a little bit, see how far we get today. What I don't finish, we'll start next time and next time. But this one's really, really important. The Holy Spirit wants to give us a sense of belonging with the Father. And when I began to prepare this, God reminded me of what I just read in Ephesians 1, verse 6, where it mentions that He made us accepted in the Beloved. Do you feel accepted by God? Do you have a sense that God loves you and He wants to be with you? You know, when I came to the Lord just before my 18th birthday, this was such a big deal to me that and God began to reveal to me his deep love for me. See, I spent most of my childhood feeling like I didn't belong anywhere, uh, nursing a sense of rejection from people. I would go into a room, and, and I could tell intuitively who liked me, who didn't like me. I, I started school young, and I was lanky and, and uh, not coordinated well in my young years. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of reasons that I had a sense of I had a sense of, of just personal rejection from others, and I developed it myself. Um, uh, my, my, for, I'll, I'll tell you, for instance, how this worked. It, I thought I had a loving family. We were not a dysfunctional family. But, see, I put two and two together, and I surmised some things about myself I, I shouldn't have. Um, my, my father was an extraordinarily frugal man. He brought, bought my clothes usually a couple of sizes too large for me because I had a growth spurt, you know, when I hit during my single digit years, five, six, seven, eight, boy, I was growing like crazy. In fact, my mother had to take me to the doctor one time and, and because my bones actually hurt. And the doctor looked at her and said, Miss Horton, your son just has growing pains. And I was growing rapidly. So anyway, my dad bought clothes too big for me. I'd have to roll my pants up or my, my pants leg up and then really take my my belt and put it on on a, a really tight loop because uh, my pants were bought larger and I just felt like I looked awkward and then beyond that my dad actually um, uh, cut my hair and I never like I have curly hair if I had hair I'm bald now because I choose to shave it every day but uh, when I had hair it was curly and I just didn't like the way it hung on my forehead and I just didn't like it, and my, the way my dad cut my hair, I didn't like it. So, you know, I created this, this I nursed this sense of rejection of myself, and, and hence I felt like others rejected me as well. And uh, so when I came to the Lord, I, I never had uh, that sense of belonging. Uh, I'd never had it all my life until I met Jesus. See, again, let me, let me mention, generally speaking, this has a lot to do with family upbringing, and uh, let me mention to the parents, you know, if you're a parent, you have a huge responsibility to nourish your children and to give them a sense of being loved and accepted by you. Um, and, and that's so important. So, see, God created us to grow up in a family environment. It should be an environment of love, care, acceptance, of, of where our personalities can develop, where we can be ourselves but many times one of the parents has their thumb on their children trying to make the children like them and that's so unhealthy and so uh, hurtful to the development of human personality really human personality grows best in an atmosphere of love 
and acceptance. So again, God created us to live in families and in a loving environment. See, Adam and Eve, if they hadn't sinned, they had children, they would have, they would have raised those children in, in an environment of love, consideration, selflessness, kindness, care, uh, and, and it would have been a wonderful thing. Instead, instead, because of sin, we have a warped ideal, an idea of ourselves, and then, of course, the family environment is not the loving environment that God wants it to be. Some families do better with this than others. Some families are really dysfunctional. All of us are imperfect. We all have flaws. And see what happens in the family unit, we pass those flaws to our children. So again, let me, let me say that I'm talking about the fact the Holy Spirit wants to give you a sense of belonging. So hear me out for a little while as I describe and discuss what we need to do to get that sense of belonging, the, of being deeply loved by God the Father, how we, how we can nourish that and develop that in our lives. God created us to live in a family, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. This is New Living Translation. This is called the Shema. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Verse 7, repeat them, listen, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. I want you to notice what God said for the Israelites to do with their children. He told their children to talk about him and talk about his word, talk about his commands and do it over and over again. Talk about it when they're at home or on the road, when they're going somewhere, when they get, go to bed, when they get up. Talk about it all the time. Then he said even, even tie it on your hand. And, you know, the Jews actually made these boxes called phylacteries they would put on their forehead and put little pieces of Scripture in them. That's not what God meant to do. He just simply, the idea was get the Word, keep it with you, um, and, and, and surround your children with God's Word so that it will really mean something to them when they get older. And so, uh, and, and so the, fam the whole idea behind that is the human personality is developed in the context of the family unit. And so, you know, psychologists tell us today most of adult behavior is firmly set, listen, by your sixth birthday. Now think about that. The general traits of your personality are set by age six. Wow, now that's amazing. So thinking about, or come back and think about it a little more broadly. Most of us have a measure of dysfunction in our homes. So we, you know, the, the, the environment that, of love that we should have is often distorted. And, and it's not the loving environment that helps us to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Sometimes there's problems because mom and dad have problems. And and the truth is, whatever our parents are, they deposit into us as we're raised. So again, we have to be willing to deal with the issues in our homes as we grow up and as we, as we age. It took me a long time to admit that there was dysfunction in my home um, uh, when I was growing up because, again, I thought I had a pretty good home, and the truth is I did. But yet, yet again, on the other hand, there were elements and areas there that that I can see now 
that I'm that I've you know become an adult and now I'm in my later years. But I can see now that uh, some of the things that should have been instilled in me as a child weren't because they weren't in my parents. And I don't fault them. So if you see problems in your home with your parents, you know, forgive them, love them. But you got to be willing to recognize that they're there. So listen to this. Here's a little. Uh, Here's a little list. Now, I want to say this. A lot of people have dysfunction in their lives, and they don't even know it. They're dysfunctional about how they, th- about how they think about God. They're dysfunctional about how they think about themselves, and hence, they're dysfunctional in the way they relate to others. See, the way I relate to God, the way I think about myself, has a huge bearing on how I relate to other people, right? So, uh, locate yourself. Here's some... Uh, Here's some words that describe a dysfunctional family. See if any of these fit you. Um, And then, so so I've got to a dysfunctional family, then a functional family. Here's some words that describe a dysfunctional family. Alcoholism, drug addiction, workaholism. That is getting your good sense of yourself by accomplishment. That's workaholism. Divorce, eating disorders, sexual disorders, absent father, Absent mother, neglect, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, domineering father, passive mother, or domineering mother, passive father. See, they go together. Condemnation, rejection, destructive criticism, manipulation, neglect, unreality, not not talking about things the way they really are or, or neglecting subjects that should be talked about when they create problems in life. Denial, lack of objectivity. That is, you can't allow someone to disagree with you without being angry. That's called a lack of objectivity. An objective person can hear someone out even if they de- disagree with them and be kind about it. A warped sense of responsibility Control, guilt, hurt, anger, loneliness. See, that's a dysfunctional family. It's a terrible list. Here's functional family. Listen to this. In contrast, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, forgiveness, laughter, time to work and play together, attention, fun, freedom to express emotions appropriately, sense of personal worth, compassion, comfort, honesty, Freedom to have your own opinion and your own identity as separate from your parents. Objectivity, again, that's the ability to disagree with someone and still be kind to, uh, to them and try to hear what they're saying, even though you may disagree. Affirmation, friendship, appropriate responsibility, loving concern, correction. So again, you know, most of us may have a mixture of a dysfunctional and a functional family. You may want to go back to on this MB3 and listen to the, some of those again. It's really an interesting teaching. I haven't taught this for some time at our church here at Victory, and I, I really need to get into it again. It's so, so good. Bottom line is God created us to be loved. The human personality, listen, develops in an atmosphere of love. That's the reason that when the um, religious people came to Jesus and they asked him, in Matthew 22, 36, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And then Jesus replied to them, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. See, 
See, see, Jesus even said, you know, the whole relationship we have with God is based on love. Loving God with everything inside of us and then loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so, again, we're created to have a healthy love for God, a healthy love for ourselves, a self-respect in that sense. And then that way we can easily love others. See, but, but see, if that's not there, if we don't have a healthy love for God, if we don't have a healthy respect for ourselves, understanding who we are in Christ. I, you know, I, I'm careful with the way I frame these things these days because we have so many people that teach in a way and talk in a way. And in our culture, you know, the sense of self is so exaggerated. The truth is God wants me to have a healthy concept of myself. A healthy concept of self means I understand that I'm a fallen being, that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and that I am innately self-centered and selfish in the way I think and relate to life. And I need somebody to straighten that out. See, that's a healthy concept. When you make Jesus Lord, Jesus, and then sometimes because we have these distorted perceptions of ourselves, let me go further and say, you know, we don't even like ourselves. I used to call myself names because I didn't like me. You understand? Then I know people, again, on the other end of the spectrum, some people take that to, to the extreme, and all they talk about is how wonderful we are and how good we are. No, no, a, a healthy self-concept is, is recognizing that I'm a stinker without Jesus. I'm a mess without Him. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm innately selfish. I understand that. But, you know, when you come to know Jesus as Lord and you're born again, God puts a sense of, of love for him inside of us, a respect for the creation he made us to be. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good way to put it. And then if see if you if you love Jesus and you have a healthy respect for who God made you to be, then you know what you can treat others a, a really really good way. One time I was really getting on myself. I had known the Lord a brief period of time. I was in my late teens and. I remember I used to have a habit of calling myself names. I hope you don't have ever have had that kind of, of habit. So in my self-talk, I would say, you dirtbag, you stupid idiot, you crazy person, whatever. And, uh, you know, before I knew the Lord, those words were terrible. I would curse and, and use curse words to define myself. It was terrible. So after I came to the Lord, I cursed. You know, pretty much cleaned up the potty mouth I had. But I would still criticize myself and call myself names and and, and I was doing that one day, and you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Mitch, I, I don't want you to do that anymore. Stop talking about yourself that way. I said, see, I thought I was humbling myself and being humble by calling myself names within myself. And, and, but see, the Lord got on me. He said, don't you ever talk to about yourself that way again. again Ephesians 2 says, uh, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to good works, Ephesians 2.10. You're talking about, you're, you're, you're down-mouthing somebody I created in my image, and that would be you. So I want you to stop that. See, the Lord dealt with me, and it helped me to begin to turn and change and clean up how I thought about myself. So, you know, that's a really, if you don't think good about yourself because of what Jesus has done for you, you'll have a diff, more difficult time loving others and believing the best of them. So again, listen, God created us to live. And boy, I've hardly gotten into the even a half of this. It's going to take me a few podcasts, it looks like, to get through this one. But hear me out. God created us to live and thrive in an environment of love. Without that love, listen, we'll have a life, we'll live a life of fear. See, the Holy Spirit, one of his major tasks 
is to, is to, is to make us to feel secured, accepted, and loved by God, our Heavenly Father. And without that sense of love and acceptance by God our Father, we'll live a, a life of fear. Now, number one, we'll have a fear of God. And you know, if you have, a, now again, a fear of God, uh, sometimes the, ter- the term fear in the Bible could be translated respect, reverence. So we need a healthy respect and reverence for God, but not a fear that would push us away from Him. See, that's an unhealthy fear. We, we, without, if we don't know that He loves us, then we will have an unhealthy fear of God. That means we won't open up to Him. And then we'll have a sense that we never quite measure up or do enough to be pleasing to him. And so what does that do? That creates a, 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 a performance mentality, a perform to please, a works-based life where you've got to do everything. In fact, you know what the truth is? Now, I pastor a local church, and I've been pastoring since 1988, basically. Been in ministry since 1981. Some of the best workers in church are still obsessed with this performance-based mentality where they do something to be pleasing with the Lord. That shouldn't be the case. We should do out of a love for Him. We should, we should do what we do, not, not to be right with God, but because we are right with Him. And out of love for Him, we're serving others. That's really important. But, you know, many times because we come from a dysfunctional home, we don't have the right respect for God, for others, and even for ourselves, then it creates a fear of God and we have this works this works-based, performance-based mindset. And God wants us to get over that. And that's one of the jobs the Holy Spirit has is to make us feel accepted by the Lord. Uh, fear of others is another, is another um, uh, product of living in a home where, the, where, where love is not paring out. You'll have fear of others. What, I mean, what do I mean by the fear of others? Well, a person who is afraid of others either dominates or manipulates so a real dominant person, the bully on the, on the school playground, the person who's the adult who bullies people, that's a person who doesn't feel good about themselves. And they've got to force themselves into situations and force themselves and make a show of themselves because they don't feel good about themselves. So they dominate. Or, or, that's, or a person that manipulates others, a person that manipulates others by making them feel bad or making them feel guilty with this or that or that other. That's a person that they themselves have insecurities that they're masking. A fear of others produces wearing a mask. What do I mean by that? You're saying and doing things what that, that make you feel accepted instead of bearing your heart to others, being honest and being real. You know, when you, when you know who God is and you know who you are in Jesus, you're not afraid to say if you have a problem, you're not, you, 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 and you know what? You can relate to other people because you know God, you know Jesus so well, and he's shown you yourself. You can easily relate to other people. Otherwise, if we, if we, don't, if we don't love receive the love that God has for us and and don't have that love, that healthy self-respect that comes from knowing Jesus, then we'll wear a mask even when we're relating to others. And then it also creates a, a fear of exposure. 
So of what do I mean by fear of exposure? A person who, is, who lives a fear-based life, a relationally fear-based life, they live in isolation. They seek to isolate themselves. A lonely person. Why are they lonely? They're afraid to be around others. Because, why? Because, because here's this, often the sense, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. Friends, friends I, I had all of these things in my life when I came to the Lord. And you know what? He, uh, he helped me get over that. So if you're a person that isolates, and you don't, you don't let others into your life, you isolate or insulate. Isolate means you stay away from. Insulate means you may be around people. But you know what? You don't reveal yourself very easily. You know what? You know what? Jesus wants to set you free from that. When you understand that he loves you, it is an incredible life to know that we're loved by God our Father. I've got so much to share here. There are four false beliefs. We have a, we have a, a, a course that we have, um, we have given here at Victory Church for many years. It's called Breaking the Cycle of Hurtful Family Experiences. There's another one, a sequel to that, called Search for Significance. It's actually the first in a series of, of three courses we've given. The first one, again, is Search for Significance, of that, Billy Graham said, every believer ought to go through that course because it helps you. It helps you unpack problems that you've had, the dysfunction in home, in your personal home as you're being raised, and what that produced in you, and the unhealthy concepts of yourself that you may have. And see that that creates an environment where we have a hard time loving God and loving others because we don't understand who we are. So. Um, so the first book, again, was Search for Significance. And uh, I may come back and talk about these in some of the future podcasts. The second one is Breaking the Cycle of Hurtful Family Experiences. That's fairly self-explanatory. Um, we often have hurtful things that happen in home as we're being raised. See, we take this into our adult life. And then, then when we get married and have children, we replicate those things into our children's lives. So there are false beliefs that come from from dysfunctional living, and I want to talk about that next time. There's another sequel to these books. So you got Search for Significance, you got Breaking the Cycle of Hurtful Family Experiences, and there's another one called Untangling uh, Relationships, which is a Christian's answer to codependency. Really awesome. All three of those are really awesome. So if you're having problems with relationships, I would encourage those uh, courses. Uh, again, I've talked to my staff team. We're going to renew those again here and teach some of those things again because they're really, really good, really, really important, and they really, really, really help. So again, I'm talking today about uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit wants, wants to give us a sense of belonging with the Father. He wants to, us to know that we are accepted in the beloved. And so again, we can be raised in a home environment. Let me just summarize what I've said. We can be raised in a home environment uh, that has a lack of love, a warped sense of responsibility, and uh, a warped view of God, which gives us a warped view of ourselves, and then a, a twisted idea of what love looks like, acts like, and how love treats other people. So again, you know, our home life, we carry our home life. Somebody said home is where the heart is. I think uh, uh, there's a ministry, and, that's their, and that's, that's their focal point. They say home is where the heart is. And so, you know, what, when I say home is where the heart is, you know, the way I think about me, the way I think about life, or the way I relate to others has a lot to do with my upbringing, with my home life, with my mom and dad and what they did or didn't do in my life. And God wants to give us a sense of belonging a sense of being loved by Him. 
And we have to get through that. So again, um, regardless of whether you think you were raised in a functional family or dysfunctional family, I think every person, every family has a measure of dysfunction. And we've got to be willing to admit that and then open ourselves up to God's heart and really, really, really be loved by Him. And uh, God wants us to be free from a fear of Him, an unhealthy fear of Him where we don't open up to Him and we feel as though we never measure up and we've got to perform to please. He wants to set us free from that. God also wants to set us free from the fear of others. Uh, if, we, if we have habits of dominating or manipulating other people or a habit of wearing a mask, that is saying or doing what others want to hear without really exposing our heart to others. See, that's a telltale sign that there's an unhealthy there's an unhealthy thing going on on the inside. And we need to really, when we come to understand our Father, we're loved and accepted by Him. That You know what? We can be real with ourselves. We can be real with others. And then a fear of exposure, and that creates isolation. A person that really likes to be alone and doesn't want to be around other people. God created you as a, as a creature that loves fellowship, that loves to be connected with others. And anything that hinders that connection is a problem. So again, if there's a fear of exposure, then it creates isolation or insulation. That is, you feel alone in the crowd. Oh, you say hi, great, you laugh, joke, but you never really reveal your insides to anybody. The idea behind that is if you really, really knew me, you wouldn't like me. See, Jesus wants to set us free from those things. The Holy Spirit, one of his major, one of his major tasks is to make us, to give us a sense of belonging with the Father. We come back next time. Uh, check it out next time. A couple of days here. Uh, I want to talk about four false beliefs that rise out of a de deficit of unconditional love and then how to open up our hearts to the love of God. It's going to be great. And uh, Lord, I just pray for me and all of us today that the Father, the Holy Spirit would work in us if there are insufficiencies in us, if we, if we have a hard time relating to other people, we don't feel like we measure up or constantly complaining and, and uh, talking down to ourselves and, and we have a hard time relating to others. Father, help us. I ask you, work in us. May the Holy Spirit work in a fresh way in me and all of us and give us a sense of belonging with you. Lord, help us to see that we're genuinely, deeply loved by you so that we can have a healthy concept of who you are and who we are in relationship with you so we can love others the way you've called us to. And Lord, I thank you for every person listening to this podcast. Let the Spirit of God work deeply in them today. In Jesus' name. Looking forward to talking to you next time. God bless you. Well, thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be. God bless you.